Welcome to the Saved by Mother Earth podcast, hosted by Heather Webster. In this podcast, Heather weaves together conversations of spirituality, wellness, and nature immersion to help create connection for your mind, body, and soul, allowing you to know your authentic self and enhancing your connection within and your connections with others. Heather combines her love of learning, teaching, spirituality, nature, and others to bring this podcast to you. Come join us on the journey of self-discovery. So welcome, Christine, to the Saved by Mother Earth podcast. How are you doing today? I'm fabulous. So happy to be healthy and here. Yes, I'm so excited to get to know you and all the work. And I'm so excited about what your topic is around Ayurveda and doshas. So why don't we dive in? And if you want to give a short kind of synopsis of how you got to where you are and what you do. Well, I've been a long time unknown healer. You know, like I've been practicing since I was 17 and I hid it for a long, long time because people said I was weird and crazy and what, what, wait, what? You're weird. You're so weird. And had family members tell me that. So I hid it from everybody, but every, but all my books in my library are all about spirit. You know, it's, a, it's about finding self-realization and understanding how divinity affects us, you know, it, that we are really um, an expression of that. Um, we forget that we are made of organic matter. Um, we tend to think that we're very mechanistic, like a computer, but we're actually an expression of nature and that um, divinity created us and we are made of cells you know, and energy and frequency and sound and water. Yeah. I love that expression of nature because I think it's so often people look at nature as being something outside of themselves that they go and visit. And that sometimes I think people feel like they're above it versus part of it. Well, I think that, um, I'm not sure. And maybe so. I'd like, I'd rather express it as separate from, you know, that they're, they're different than, than nature itself. And yet, you know, we're organic material. So we are of nature. Um, and that is why Ayurveda is such a, a key, great, masterful system of explaining ourselves to ourselves. You know, the Rishis um, observed and could uh, and curated a whole model of conversation that allows us to understand how we are part of that and the expression of that, how we behave inside of it, uh, our preferences, our dislikes, and how to, you know, when we're out of balance, how to become balanced. And when you understand your doshic makeup, you then are given keys to what Mother Earth has to give you to keep in balance. Yeah. So some of the listeners might not know what doshas are. Would you mind explaining what they are and how they fit into this Ayurvedic practice? Yeah. So um, doshas are the expression, the energetic uh, expression of your nervous system. Doshas explain the pattern and flow of how your your body vibrates um, and lives on the planet. So there's three of them. One's called vata which is air and movement. 
pitta, which is fire and digestion, and kapha, which is water and structure for the body. And inside each one of those categories, um, you can be, we have all three, uh, but we have the expression of usually two. Some of us are lucky to have all three and very rare, rarely do we have one. Okay. So when you have two, the nature, like if you're a vata pitta is very different than being a pitta vata. And what I mean by that is the creative aspect of a vata is, you know, curious by nature, very entrepreneurial, think out of the box, um, has the ability to uh, move quickly and think fast. And a pitta is somebody who's a leader by default. Like everybody just looks to them because they naturally just take charge. They're uh, very quick, very, you know, um, articulate, uh, strong-willed. Um, but when out of balance, they can be very acerbic with their tongue, off-putting, demeaning, angry, short, dismissive. So if you, so just giving you those two, avata pitta, that, that person, when the vata pitta is out of balance, the vata is like, um, can't bring things to fruition. Thinks about, you know, all these amazing creative ideas, but never get going because vatas by their nature are, uh, they, they like perfection. And when they can't see the end result of it, they don't do it. They just sort of idle by. And many times vatas are above their head, meaning that they're not, they're not anchored in their body. And so they love to live in the ethereal because they're motion and air. Well, a pitta who's out of balance, you know, can be very sort of angry and mean and run over people and just, you know, an army sergeant kind of person. Well, depending on what your makeup is, will show how, how you are. So if you're a vata pitta, you, you could be charging forwardly ahead um, you know, uh, barking at orders and never get anything done because your, your vata has you in, out of your body in motion and afraid to actually have things come to fruition. Yeah. So it's, I, my premise is that when you understand your doshic makeup, that is the beginning of the key of you understanding you who are you? How did you show up on the planet? Why do you do the things you do and have the expression you are? Because like in marketing, right? There's this thing called analytics. Well, the right. Rishis had, had their own analytics about the, uh, the profile of your doshas and who you are as a human being and what makes you unique and different and all that stardust and DNA is your mm -hmm. breath. It's, the, it's your breath that makes you unique and different. And all that other stuff that you live into, like you wonder why do I do those things? Why do I say those things? How come I think that way? It's because it's your nervous system by nature pulsating in such a way that it has this expression. But we disconnected ourselves when we were, when we were young by society to our intuition and to the knowingness of self. So my premise is, is that when you know your doshic makeup, your profile, and you have a deep connection to your intuition, you find your inner guidance. So you become internally sourced instead of externally validated. So can, so for an, ex for example, that might help the listeners understand a little bit more. 
uh, my sister's Ayurvedic practitioner. And so uh, she uh, told me I was a Kapha Vida. Vada. Vada. Kapha Vada. Vada. Sorry. So it's what, okay. So what would that look like? And I definitely okay, have yeah. to say that in me, uh, but what would that look like if I'm balanced? And what would that look like if I'm unbalanced? I'll tell you your nature, um, balanced, and then we'll talk about the imbalance. So as a Kapha Vata, um, you are loving and kind and generous. You put people ahead of yourself. You care about their needs more than your own. And you are so happy to be in service. You hold structure for people. They have ideas. You have the ability to take it from their idea and make it into the, the world. Kaphas are known for their structure. They're the body, they're the muscles and tendons and the bones of the body. It's the same way in their work. They provide the foundation. Kaphas are rich by nature in that they save and they're, they're frugal, but not to a place where they're stingy. They're just very wise with their money and how they go about the world. It Kaphas tend to be wealthy by nature. Um, um, when kaphas are out of balance, they're super sensitive. They get their feelings hurt. They can get out of balance by being a couch potato. Um, hours of TV can go by and they don't really even notice it. Um, they tend to feel like they're forgotten, especially when they're in the presence of a pitta who's moving super fast and talking super fast and being dismissive. All that kind of language between a kapha and pitta is very painful for the kapha. Okay. The pitta doesn't even have any idea that they've hurt your feelings because they're on to the next thing. So um, the, the kapha can, is super sensitive and um, can be very, what's the word? Um, hold a grudge. They Kaphas like language that is similar to how they speak to others. They like to be spoken to. Um, Avada, as Avada, you're very creative. Like I mentioned, you're, you're out of the box, you're entrepreneurial, you're, you're always seeing things from different viewpoints. Um, many times, Vada people are those people that are great marketing people who come up with these amazing creative ideas, but they have a hard time implementing and they have a hard time grounding themselves, right? Their tendency is to worry and to be anxious. They, when they're really out of balance, they are very anxiety ridden. But because you are kaphic in nature, that's your first dosha, your dominant dosha. Yeah. Worry is not one of those things that overrides you. Vada people are thin, blanky. They tend to be extremely tall or little. Um, and they, just by the nature of their body, the wiring of their body, that's why you can see how anxious, being anxious and worrying gets them. Because they, they don't, there's nothing substantial to hold them to the ground. But because you're kapha, your kaphaness, your, your structure to the ground, the, you know, um, your rootedness sort of mitigates that, that worry part. But you still have issues about having it be right and perfect and get stuck. And if your kapha is in a kapha season, or you're out of balance and you're feeling sluggish and slow, you can see that inertia just turns to mud and you just sort of get stuck. And kaphas are known for being stuck because they're made of, of water and earth and they make mud when they're out of balance. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's very interesting because 
also when I look at that aligning with chakras, like there's times where I feel a lot of times I feel really grounded and I feel really up here in like my intuition state, but sometimes the middle part is a little bit like the fire is like, right. So that makes really a lot of sense. And um, I think that'll help the listeners really explain like how the two can work together. Um, so how does nature play into that in terms of helping you balance your doshas or, and I, cause I know there's a lot around like the food you eat and things like that. How does that play a role into kind of balancing and kind of finding your purpose with your dosha and all of that? Well, you know, I, I, I want to like sort of step back a little bit because so much of the time, so many of us just don't even know what, what or who we are. Like our whole lives, you know, from being young, we're always searching for ourselves outside ourselves, looking for outside validation to say, this is right, this is right. And we've now been disconnected from our intuition because that's society's conditioning. So we are completely unanchored through much of our adult life, right? Mm -hmm. We get to the milestones of a career, getting married, having children. And then we wake up with that, that loneliness, that emptiness that says, is this it? Is this all I get? What? And when we talk about the conversation about, you know, happiness, um, you know, many people look for this, this state of happiness that it's external to them. And it's all internal to you. Like you make the choice of being happy. You make the choice of arriving in your community to be the positive, open-minded person or the, you know, the victim or the angry or the whatever that is. Like it's a choice, but we've had so many things taken away from us that we don't even realize that we have access to it. So my, my conversation, my teaching is, um, hey, there's this whole system called Arguida, and it's, you know, 5,000 years old. And here it is. It's teaching you about your nature, how you show up, the way you express yourself, how you think, what your psychology is, what your, your spiritual mindset could be. And by the way, there's this whole list of tools called foods that are good for your doshas, foods that are bad for your doshas. This is what being in balance looks like. This is what imbalance looks like. Take this out of your, you know, take this out of your, your, um, your menu and add these things and you'll see the vibration. The vibration of the food will help heal your, your imbalances. But when we're really out of balance with ourselves, we don't even know what that feels like, what goodness feels like, because we've constantly been fighting um, inflammation, allergies, um, uh, foods that, you know, just make our bellies swell with gas and, um, you know, muscles hurting and tendons not working and things tearing. So the thing about Ayurveda, it's like, it seems like it's so complicated and yet it really is just so simple. And it starts with you understanding your doshas. Once you understand your doshas, it, I feel it's like the earth saying, Lila, here we are. I can help you now because now you've become a part of nature. You've, under, you've accepted your expression of being nature. And then the earth says to you, oh, and here are all the things that will support you. Yeah, yeah. It's such an amazing 
it's not even a tool it's a whole practice right it's a it's a whole yeah. state of being and it's um i noticed it so i am traveling full time now as a Yay nomad. You. nomad it's awesome but i went through a phase where all of a sudden i was feeling really kind of not well not well at all and right. and i was eating based off of what i had been eating back east but i've been i was in such a dry climate and all oh, right hot, the hot climate. And all of a sudden, all these symptoms started coming up. And my sister recommended the ashwagandha to help alleviate some of that. And I was thinking about that when she was thinking about the Ayurvedic concepts and all of that. And I was just so shocked how quickly that worked. Can you speak right. to that a little bit about why my environment I was in impacted my doshas? Well, think about it. I mean, why would your environment affect your doshas? Take a guess. Oh, well, because it changes your whole, the, the temperature and dryness changes everything about your balance. Right. Well, it's the vibration. So you're, you're a part of nature and you're living in an ex, a more extreme nature. So it's going to push your doshas in the body because you are frequency, right? Your frequency is now trying to adapt to a super dry climate. And if you're, so it, it made your Vata go crazy because yep. it was, it was too hot and your Kapha got really slow and sluggish because it was so hot. Right. Yeah. Well, your, your Vata actually loved the, the, the physical side of your Vata actually loved the warmth because it had, it, you know, Vata's by nature don't like cold they're just usually cold all the time so the vata part of you loved it but the kapha part of you didn't because it was slow and hot right it's like it was a competing it was completely it is competing, it was competing. right and it was so, like shutting my it was literally felt like my my body was shutting down and i was like oh my gosh well it on? was yeah because because your kapha got stuck Right. It just, it's just, it went to this really hot place and cough is, you know, like they like warm, but not so warm that it makes you feel like a slug. It would really more affect you if you were Pitta or maybe you're a Trigdoshik, but for a Pitta to be in a super hot place, it's like, a, you know, chocolate and sun. They just can't take it. So I wonder if you're Trigdoshik. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause it makes sense. Cause they're fire. Right. So fire yeah, with heat yeah. would not be good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So, so the thing for you is, um, your body got really slow. Is that what it, I'm hearing? It got really stuff. slow. I I started feeling like my circulation was off. I started feeling faint at times. I was really gassy. It was just it was so messed up. It was yeah yeah. Um. Do you have essential oils? or we can talk about it later. I can turn you on to some places it really literally just smelling essential oils and eating a little churna will, um, help you. It'll just like clear things up. And then once, once you're feeling more regular, you can, you know, go back to, um, something that isn't so, um, heavily weighted for one dosha over the other, but yeah. Oh, so amazing. So if for the listeners, because they're definitely probably going to want to know more about kind of who they are, but what are some tips that they can use in their own daily lives that could encourage them to start the process of figuring out what their dosha is or tapping into intuition more, whatever like that first few steps might be. 
Well, I mean, it's always breath. You know, your breath is your prime is your primary um, source to all things. You know, the reason that you hear in so many holistic practices about breathing and getting centered and bringing your breath to your um, to your solar plexus. Um, is because your breath is the thing that makes you unique. It makes you you. It is your connection to the divine and to all things that are spiritual. Without breath, once it leaves this physical container, it's just a body. It's a corpse. This, your breath is the thing that makes you uniquely you. So every time you get out of balance, you're feeling anxious, angry, stuck, breathe. Just, you know, like, it's just the simple act of breathing deeply into your body, to your solar plexus and holding it and breathing it out and just really inhaling your, filling your lungs so that they're filled with air. You feel, you feel that and you just hold it, hold it, hold it and breathe out all the things that, that aren't working and just give it back to the universe. Yeah. It's so powerful. I find when I'm working with clients, a lot of times when you're talking with them and even myself, when I'm going through times that are just a little bit trickier, you're, you're clenching your jaw more, you're doing your, you're tensing your shoulders more, all of that kind of stuff that really impacts the breath. Right. Well, you know, most of us only breathe in the top third of our chest, right? We breathe right to show our breasts and then we stop because that's the survival mechanism of getting air into the body, but it's not breathing. Right. Right. When you feel, when you're fully oxygenating your body, you just become a whole different creature. Yeah. Right. It's so amazing and powerful when you actually go through the practice of working through really breathing the correct way. I used to teach preschool and we'd have the kids lay down on their backs, yeah. the animal on their, on their bellies. Right. And try to lift it up. Yeah. Um, but it's so tricky. I think even the way people sit and they're sitting a lot or the clothes they wear, all of those kind of things really impact whether they can, I'm no, I'm not breathing the correct way right now. Cause I'm sitting like awkwardly and, um, yeah. and on like a, not, not in a good space of where for good breathing. And so actually making time to do that and start realizing throughout the day, different times throughout the day where you're might not be breathing as fully or comfortably. Well, so here's the thing. My whole practice is not about what you're not doing. Right. Right. Um, Because we come from a language and a culture of being punitive and mean. Mm -hmm. And so I created a practice where it's about loving, being kind and loving. So um, I got downloaded. People would complain to me. I don't know how to meditate. I can't have the no monkey mind. It's just too hard for me. It's too hard. And I literally got downloaded. Okay, just have them breathe five seconds in through their nose, hold it at their belly button for five seconds, blow it out through your mouth five seconds and do five cycles of that. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, just, you just do, just do it. And then you get a reset. And then you get to go on your way. And when you're feeling a little out of balance or you're wanting to mindfully practice that, it, you know, cause we, we get so caught up in doing it right. 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 But it's like, do it, <laughs> you right. know, forget the rightness of it. Just try it. Yes. Just be, you know, take action and 
and do that little thing and don't make it a big deal. And if all you had to do is breathe and count, that's better than not breathing yeah. and counting at all. I, I think, again, this goes back to what you were saying earlier about society and what they've kind of like done to us. To yes. us. <laughs> and part of that is this idea of the right way to do things such as meditation. And I know I talk about it all the time. I'm like, it's okay if thoughts come in. Let them go yeah, flow you, out, right? Let them can. come in, let them flow out. And maybe you'll get a download during that that has to do yeah. with it. Well, I think we've become such a specialized yeah. society where experts are the only ones that can give advice or people who have certificates are the only one that can give advice. And in actuality, what it's done is it separated ourselves. It separated us from ourselves to trust ourselves again. You know, I've been on the planet almost 60 years. So I feel like I've lived a lot of life. And while it might not be, um, you know, high tech or psychology, whatever, my life in living and survival has merit. And when I share that with other people, they find value in it. Yes. And, and, and that's what it means to be alive. Like yeah. that, that, that's the elixir. Yep. And somehow in our society, we have gotten to this place of um, that's invalid you don't have that. So you can't speak. And it's like, luckily I have been a renegade most of my life. So I don't believe in all that stuff, but I mean, I have to say like getting into my coaching, um, it was really challenging for me because while I don't have a degree in psychology, I do have a degree in marketing and I lived this amount of lifetime Right. And I've lost a husband, you know, and parents and, you know, my mom lost her leg. So we went through amputation and diabetes and, and I've practiced Ayurveda since I was 23. It just, it's like my whole to jumble of my life and experiences actually can help other people who yeah. haven't had those complications. And it can be so authentic and real. Right. And I'm not saying having certificates or going to school and you're not saying it either is bad. It's all about everybody has different experiences that they bring to the table. And yeah. I think it's so neat because you can combine so much of what you have been through. And that's kind of what I do as well as bring all those things that you have been through to really create something that's authentically you Yes. Then when you show up to work with people, you show up with who you are and the life you are versus, oh, this is what they told me I should teach in a way that they told me to teach it. Right. Versus you can kind of take pieces of all the things because you, no matter whether you have like a certificate in hand, you've had teachers that have taught you whether they be your friends or family or people in relationships or things like that, everybody's, you've had so many teachers that have taught you and you've become who you are through those experiences yeah. you can then pass on. Yeah. And I've, I've been blessed, you know, literally since I was in my teenage years, I've had amazing healers teach me. Uh, guide me, share with me. Um, yeah, I mean, even after my husband died, I just the just the level of people that came into my life afterwards was just 
Yeah, it's pretty profound. And, you know, that's why I know that the work that I'm doing, I'm supposed to be doing because I've been guided to and told by and foreseen, you know, and spoke into um, work. So, so speaking of that, where can people find you to learn more about what you do and possibly work with you to learn more about their doshas and the Ayurvedic work you do? Right. So um, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Christine Mira, and uh, also on Instagram uh, under Mira Christine or at christinemira at gmail.com. You can contact me that way. I have a site called um, Divine Soul Works and dot uh, com and you can find out more information there um my my teaching is one that i created it was given to me and it's really about you you the generic you um being con- deeply connected to your intuition and understanding the radiant being that you are that you were given everything that you needed to to be the expression of what you came back to do and once you understand that, especially as a healer, because many times as healers, we doubt ourselves. Mm-hmm. Do we really have these gifts? Am I really that good? So I've created a community where healers can talk to each other intimately and have those, those behind the curtain conversations with other healers and with myself to um, really get a grounding of, of, the, of their energy, of who they are, how they vibrate, all that kind of stuff. Yes. And then um, we go and do the second phase of the work is about uh, understanding what you came back to do. So you find your soul's expression. Uh, and then the last part of the work is creating the life and the work that you want. That's great. It's, it's so, it's so neat to see how more and more people are coming out of the, I'm going to say out of the woodwork, but really it's like, they're coming, they're starting to see the gifts that they have. And it's nice to see kind of this universal shift into this more soul deepening work. So it sounds like you offer so much to people, to healers and to others that want to do the work. Yeah. I mean, people who are searching, who just recently, you know, found the path and people who've been on the path and have stumbled on the path, people who are shy about, you know, why me, who me? What, what do you, what do you mean? Like my goal, my purpose is to bring people to their divinity, to their service, to their calling, because that's, what's going to save the planet. Yep. You know, we have all this con this male construct and this divisiveness that lives in our society and, you know, it's popularized by media and, you know, online stuff. And it's just people really having this kind of angsty relationship. And yet there's a whole nother way of living and being in the world and how we communicate. And that doesn't get broadcasted as much. So we need more of us Yes. to serve, For to show sure. up. For yeah. Sure. Well, I will put all those links in the show notes as well. So people will be able yeah. to find it very quickly, but thank you so much for being on the Save by Mother Earth podcast. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Time went by super fast. Thank you, Christine. It was so wonderful to talk with you. It was a pleasure to have you on the Save by Mother Earth podcast. And I appreciate all your insight into doshas and Ayurvedic work along with breathing and some of the other tips and tricks you gave to the listeners. To all the listeners out there, thank you for tuning in. It was so nice to have you all here. 
I wanted to let you know if you want to follow me and find out more information about what I'm doing, please visit my website at heatherwebsterwellness.com or you can find me at Heather Webster Wellness on either Facebook or and Instagram. I'm signing off with love and we'll catch you next time. Take care.